0: What's up, Kyle? What's up? How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Um, so let me tell you, the last show I did with uh, my classmate from high school, Noah. Um, you know, I, I had a whole list of things we wanted to read, to relive, and everything, because you know we hadn't talked to each other for several years because we have both been off at different colleges. So I had like this whole rundown, this whole list of notes, and everything. This is my uh, this is my list of notes for tonight. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I figure you and I were in this group chat together. And if anybody's listening to the audio version of this, I've just got a blank piece of paper up here. So, uh, you know, I figure we're, we're in this group chat together. We, we, you know, have the common knowledge of what's going on in the racing world. You know, we can probably just ad lib most of it. Um, but I do want to give you a chance to give people uh, an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. Cause, um, you know, that's kind of the whole point of the show, how, how it all started and everything. So, uh, You run this uh, Twitter account, Awesome Rex, with uh, a few thousand followers. Kind of tell me how that got started.
1: Literally, I don't even remember fully how I did it. I started it when I was 11 years old. So this was 2014-ish, I think. And this was at a time where, I mean, NASCAR was still itself kind of in a better place. And I was still, you know, more more into NASCAR. And I was just some dumb little kid. So I was like, hey, you know in my naivete, I was like, yeah, crashes are cool, right? What if I made a Twitter account about that? And uh, so I just, I started that. I remember the first, like, God, couple of months, I because I was 11, I didn't have much to do. I was just like, I would post like 30 pictures a day. I'd just be searching Google, just like anything I could find, any crash I could find, I'd post it. And, uh, you know, that was back in when Twitter was, I'm not going to say better, but it was, different in a in a regard it wasn't quite you know what it has become now um but yeah so it started you know started getting followers getting followers and um you know next thing I remember I I'm in like fifth grade I'm like fifth grade sixth grade I'm just like a little kid I got like 2,000 followers on Twitter and at the time I was like this is so cool this is you know um so yeah and then it, it just it kind of evolved I got older clearly but (laughs) um i got older and things changed and for the last two years it's been awesome wrecks but i haven't posted a single wreck so that's created a lot of interesting dynamic i know know you got ratioed quite badly after the Mm -hmm. race of bristol oh yeah which to be fair i completely deserve like i'm not even going to deny that i thought it was funny because I, i totally deserve to get ratioed for that But that is something, and I need to change the name. I know I need to change the name. Anybody listening to this that knows me, one, I know I need to change the name. Don't yell at me on Twitter. I don't think anyone would do that, but don't come yell at me on Twitter for any hot takes we might have tonight, because I know me and you, we kind of see eye to eye on some things in the sport that if somebody's listening to this and they're still really, you know, still very diehard in NASCAR and still believe in the direction that's going, don't yell at me on Twitter. I understand I know it's stupid that I have an account that's called Awesome Rex and I just like intentional wrecking. I understand that. Don't yell at me, but um, you know, it, it's kind of a, a manner of like things change, opinions change. I, you know, the, the more, I mean, I say it's a difference between being like 11 and being now I'm 18, you know, you kind of, you see things in a different light, you know, we're like, now I see that, you know, Rex generally are not, just the spectacle as much as the sport wants to make them kind of look that way, that there are ramifications for this, whether it be in the safety of the drivers or in regard to, you know, just, just the cost of, you know, if somebody's wrecking a car a lot, that's a lot of money that an owner has to spend and that might put a team under, you know, look at what's going on with uh, a, what's his name, Richmond's ARCA team right now. I think uh, you guys behind the curtain, you guys were just chatting about it in the chat that, you know, yeah well, i guess
0: his dad is is uh he, he contributed to the GoFundMe for brad smith's tire bill or whatever which is it's nice to see okay. the small teams trying to help each other out when they can but you know that's what that's what bothers me like when uh you know and, and i don't want people to take this as like a personal attack against drew dollar or, or bad Moffat here but you know those guys are racing for you know venturini and dgr respectively and they're you know arguably i guess you got to look past joe gibbs with a uh, ty gibbs and everything but uh in terms of teams that only race ARCA or ARCA is at least what they're, uh, best known for, um, or where they got started, at least, you know, those guys have, you know, compared to your Tim Richmond's and your Brad Smith's unlimited budgets, um, and multiple sponsors. And, you know, they go at it with each other on the racetrack and they take out a Tim Richmond or somebody else. And that's a lot more detrimental to that team than it is to a team that can just pull out the backup car and, you know, spend however much money they like repairing it and going and do the same, doing the same thing
1: next week. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and maybe this will kind of become our first topic with your blank piece of paper, but um, th- that's kind of been something that's been growing, been brewing for a while, but especially growing within all forms of ARCA, you know, and, and I mean, I'm just going to encapsulate, you know, even when ARCA West was Kane and West, I'm just going to encapsulate them too, because they've all been essentially the same for a while now that. I think most people know, consider the West series one, continuous thing there so you're probably all right oh yeah but i just mean like in in there you know even though west was separate from arca they run the same cars who cares um you know and for for me even i i only got into like west in god probably 16 17 i think it was 16 really okay yeah yeah no and um that's a story literally i uh i was at sonoma And like we usually just went for the cup race, and uh, yeah, I think I can tell the story, but I was just sitting in the stands at the time Noah Grayson followed me, and I, you know, I was tweeting about like, hey, I'm you know, I'm at Sonoma, here's what I'm doing at Sonoma, blah blah blah. And then he hit me up at the end and said, hey, where are you? Let's meet up. And literally, me and my dad from the grandstands, we were just waving down at him on pit road, and he was like, oh, yeah, I see you. And I ended up going back, we took a tore via uh, the JPR hauler um and did all that. And that really that's that kickstarted my my love for the series. Cause at the time I will say I think the series was in looking back on it relatively not as much, but it's certainly than it is now a healthier place than it is, you know, where there were actually like multiple competitive teams. It wasn't just the Sunrise BMR show every week. Um yeah.
0: That's the but, joke.
1: I come back on Twitter
0: with, uh, it's like the BMR West series presented by Sunrise Ford or something. You oh know. yeah. <laughs> really the only two <laughs> teams with that budget, but yeah. I mean the, the East series is the same way. I totally get what you're saying. You know, I went to New Jersey in 2018 and, uh, you know, it's amazing how much more access you get, you know, cause I, I went to Dover later that year and you know, you're just, there, I mean, there was an East race, but when it's a companion race to Xfinity and cup, you know, you don't get nearly as much access as when, you know, they go to a smaller track and, they're the main event. Um, you know, so that was kind of what kickstarted it for me. You know, I thought there were a lot of intriguing storylines and I try to catch the race replays on NBCSN here and there, but, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Cause I know being out in California, going to Sonoma, um, a bunch, I would have thought you'd be in, you would have been in the West much sooner than that, but,
1: uh, that's interesting to hear. Yeah. And, and I mean, to that same point, I mean, getting off of, the point i wanted to make but getting off of that i never got into like even i think xfinity i did watch like pretty pretty early on like i started watching no seven i was like three or four years old i didn't watch trucks for for, for several years like i got into trucks maybe a year or two before i got into west i never really bothered that much with the low lower series which was i don't know a bit of an interesting dynamic but um yeah anyway so so I like West. I think you like West, even though you're back East, you know, I think that's yeah. kind of a running. Well, I, I wish I was out West to be honest with you. you know, I think <laughs> there's, I think Chesapeake diecast was saying it might
0: be time to merge East or or at least have like Arca main absorb East or something, just because, you know, the car counts not there. There's a lot of tracks that have lost their dates. You know, it's, I don't know. I'd love for them to go back to New Jersey, but I don't know, but I want to go see, you know, an eight car race or whatever it would be you know what i'm saying so it's yeah it's it's a tough dynamics between the two you know i think they thought you know let's merge knn kind of with arca or and and put it under the same blanket and have arca east arca west instead of instead of knn and maybe the car
1: council go up a little bit because you have more crossover and you know that hasn't really happened at all yeah absolutely and okay so okay that kind of leaves me i can make a two point here where like there, there is the one aspect where getting back to like the intentional wrecking, that's something that has really started taking over the lower series in the past couple of years. I remember I this would be like t- two years ago. I think it I two or three years ago it was Gegan's rookie year. I went to Roseville, which shout out Roseville. It's this weekend. I don't think I'm going, but um I I got to Roseville. I and something happened. We only made it for like the last 50 laps. And as soon as we got there, we watched, I remember watching Deegan under caution. Something had happened. I want to say it was Milburn. It was whoever was in the 08 that night. Something had happened between them. And then she just went, I believe it was under caution and just at least tried to just junk him under caution. Like she was just pulling a whole bunch of, you know, nonsense, trying to wreck this guy who clearly did not have the budget that she had. And it was, you know, that's just what it is now. Some of these, it, it's kind of the disparity. And I will say into the larger point has been created by ARCA being on the decline and kind of the, the ever-growing, especially over the past five years, the ever-growing difference between, you know, like for West, you take the BMRs and the, the sunrises of the world. And then you contrast that to like the back of the field, you know, Bobby Hillis with like the Camry and all that. You, you contrast that, but so you end up with these drivers that part of a larger culture too, and we'll probably get into this later with like you know especially like super speedway racing, but part of a larger culture where these these drivers are coming up with you know unlimited budget in a sport that as a as a whole as a larger culture has really taken to the win it all costs, get out of my way, who cares type of mentality. And then you end up with stuff like this, where you end up with the Moffitt and dollars of the world and you end up with the, you know, the Deegans and the Gibbs and the whoever it was at Milwaukee that just flat out dumped some, you know, underfunded team out of the way just because he didn't want to bother really trying to pass them or, you know, waiting out to give them a bump or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost all of them to be honest with
0: you. If you search hard enough, you can probably find one or two instances where, you know, they've taken somebody out, whether it's intentional or not, you know, it's it's aggressive or whatever it is. Um, and that's why I feel like, you know, in, in some ways, you know, I, I feel like you almost can't blame the drivers. You have to blame the culture that has been created to the point where it's OK. These moves are deemed acceptable now because, you know, the the worst possible penalty in all likelihood that you're going to get is a probation or a fine or something that your your team will take care of. You know, it's not anything that, you know, you, you have to look at and say, well, you know, I've, I've got to think about the penalties that are, are going to come from this. And maybe this isn't the best decision to, to try a move like this or to junk somebody, you know, because there's a 99.9% chance they're not going to suspend me and I'll be back at the next race. Um, you know, I feel like if we had, and you got to you gotta walk a fine line because I think in a lot of ways Formula One is over regulated. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to when. Vettel crossed the line first at Canada a couple of years ago, but Lewis got the win cause Vettel got that penalty for cutting the course. But anyway, you know, if you had like time penalties or, you know, some sort of avoidable contact penalty, like maybe you have an Indy car, um, you know, that might, if it's enforced, right. Send a message to drivers that say like, Hey, you know, this kind of stuff isn't okay. You know, I know the cars are safer than they've ever been, but somebody could get hurt. Um, you know, and and maybe that is
1: the step that they need to take or consider taking to to change the culture of things. Right. And this plays, I think, into the larger thing, which is probably the biggest thing that, that, that we talk about. I mean, generally like as a, you know, like the little group chat that we're in and just in general, and this goes back to, this is why I didn't like the Xfinity Bristol finish personally. And again, you can hate me all you want, you know, yell at me on Twitter. It's, it's pretty funny, honestly. My Please. all-time favorite driver <laughs> won the race and I didn't really like the Xfinity Bristol finish. Right, <laughs> totally get what you're saying, man. No. Yeah. Cause, and, and this is something that, you know, people were dunking on me and saying like, oh yeah, you're the awesome Rex guy. You hated that. And which again, fair, I understand that, but it doesn't take away from the point where I didn't enjoy that finish. The race was fine. I, you know, the race was fine. I did not enjoy that finish because to me it was the epitome of what the culture has become. Like it's, it was two straight laps. And granted, I don't even think all of those really were like intentional. Nobody was like really trying to intentionally wreck somebody a la Moffat dollar type thing. But it was the epitome of the culture of drive in there, wreck the guy in front of you, maybe wreck yourself doing it all in the name of just winning the race. And it doesn't matter because you're going for the win and they that's the all the playoff system is and stages and all of this nonsense is it's all designed to reward that racing instead of you know and again i I do agree with you that in some regards f1 is overregulated, but like whereas you know you look at something like the the hamilton verstappen crash and the immediate reaction is Oh my God, Hamilton needs to be penalized. The overwhelming reaction to Xfinity of Bristol, at least among you know people on my timeline, this is just me personally. It was like, that was amazing, that was awesome. And that is my problem. I think if I could just give you one sentence as to what I my problem personally with like NASCAR is now, it is that it is the, the culture of who cares just wreck the guy and win the race and talladega trucks this past weekend i don't know when this is going up but as of recording this is past saturday was trucks at talladega i watched two laps of that race i watched the last two laps or sorry i watched. oh yeah technically i did watch the last two laps i watched somebody get straight up dumped they had a yellow they went to a green white checkered and then i watched two more people get straight up dumped and that is absolutely ridiculous especially at a track like talladega where you know we've seen it and even in the past few years, like the super speedways where people have gotten seriously hurt that it's ridiculous that we're rewarding. Oh yeah. Just wreck a guy. Who cares? It's I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, that might be a nice segue into Talladega. Um, you know, cause I, I know a lot of us were fired up after <laughs> that whole weekend for a number of reasons. And, you know, I, I hate to get political, but you know, what happened in the Xfinity race and, uh, you know, but then I guess Monday Monday was pretty good. Finally seeing Bubba get his first win, that was nice. But uh, yeah, I mean the the whole the whole truck series, all, you know, all year. To be honest with you, you know, it's been it's been rough to watch. You know, because I feel like, you know, you still have your veterans of the series. Um, but I think back, you know, it's, it's actually 15 years uh, tomorrow will be the anniversary of the first NASCAR race I ever watched, and it was ironically the truck race at Talladega. It was the first race ever that the series ran there. Um, but you think back to your, your stars of the series back then, and, you know, you had some teams using it as a step on the development ladder, if you will. Um, but, you know, back then I feel like it was mostly, you know, you've you start in Arca, you go to Bush, you go to cup. It was kind of like the ABCs of the, of the ladder there. Um, you know, whereas the truck series was mostly a place for guys like, you know, Mike Skinner, Ron Hornaday, Todd Bodine, guys that, spent you know a handful of years in cup but never really quite made it at that level but this gives them an opportunity to continue to race and be competitive and and have their own tour and you know it's it's a completely different culture now you look 15 years later most of the drivers and like i said you know you have your craftons and your solders and uh, drivers like that but most of them are younger inexperienced drivers who have that same mentality that they carried over a lot of cases straight from arca and that's you know, win at all costs. And it doesn't matter if you wreck your teammate
1: to do it. Right. And, And that's something, I think that's a good point where that's what I mean, where it's kind of been brewing for quite a while now. And I mean, top, I think it started before the playoff system, but truly, I think it really kind of started with the playoff system where, you know, they went all in on this idea of emphasizing wins over everything, emphasize, you know, Emphasize who cares if you wreck the guy in front of you and do that, and now it's kind of gotten to a point where it's made its way down the ranks, you know. Especially now that they put it in Xfinity and trucks as well, you've moved it down the ranks, and now the now you're seeing it where you know it's been what I think seven years since they put that in. Now you're seeing it where guys coming up, they're just coming up with the mentality of this is how it's going to be, and this is how I need to race, you know, and even some of even some of the you know even the the veterans of the truck series like the craftons and solders and i mean I, I will say especially johnny solder here in my mind i have not watched much trucks this year granted but i i see solder do it more where he kind of feeds into the mentality a bit of like you know just wreck the guy if that's what's gonna get me rewarded just do it and you, on some level you can't even blame the drivers it's just that it's accepted now
0: yeah well i mean solder had that incident with hill a couple of years ago at uh iowa i think I, that was one of the rare cases where they actually did suspend the driver um you know but you know it's it's it goes back to the con- being, being consistently inconsistent mentality too you know brian when brian france said it was quintessential nascar when joey logano and, and matt kenseth had their run in into kansas and then two races later kenseth pays back logano and that you know i'm not even i'm not going to defend that at all because obviously that was even that was even more blatant than you know what happened in kansas but You know, when you send a message that this is quintessential NASCAR, but the response to that is worth a two-race suspension, you know, I, I have a hard time seeing the logical consistency in that.
1: Right. And that is true, but I would say that's probably the last time, at least that I can think of, I could be very wrong about this, that's the last time that I can really think of that they actually truly punish somebody for driving like that and doing something like that aside from solder hill i you know aside from that you know that like you look at talladega this weekend and may i just say and i did not watch all i did not watch all the weekend I i did not watch most of the truck race granted that entire weekend was idiotic the entirety of what i saw um which was about two laps of last october's cup race i remember this i watched two laps i watched the last two laps that is one of the most idiotic finishes I've ever seen where it's seven guys, none of them working together, none of them doing anything, all just wrecking each other, wrecking each other, wrecking each other. And as much as the, for the past 10 to 15 years, that's been a part of super speedway racing. I it's really gotten to a point. And, and part of that, I think was the, the NA 18 D package that they brought to the super speedways with this, just the enormous runs. And you can, you know, if you can catch somebody in two seconds and do that, I think it's been exacerbated by that, but it is a, a problem of now, like you look at what Fogelman did and I I don't blame him. That's, and that's something you know you go back to. I don't blame now, him. Well, I mean, and he actually, you know, I,
0: I've looked back at it now and he, he actually, I think just, within the last hour or so tweeted something like, you know, with the, the SpongeBob meme, like alternating capital letters. Seems was like, he, he, he intentionally wrecked him or, or whatever, but, and he, and he's showing two photos where he stays on the bottom. So I think, you know, in fairness, I think Gilliland did come down a little bit, but once, once the spin started happening, you know, it, I mean, he does, he turns to the right and completely finishes it off, you know, that part, you know, I'll, I'll fully blame uh, Fogelman for that one, but. But like you said, I mean, that's, that's probably, you know, with, with the truck that he's driving um, that's the best shot he's going to have to win at least, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, And, you know, when it's accepted that, you know, that's something that because he, and he can't go below the yellow line either. You know, obviously, I mean, that's a whole, I mean, how many stupid rules are, are we up to now these days? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's, that was the, uh, I think back to the spring race in 09, you know, with, with Carl Edwards and Brad Keselowski and Keselowski, you know, thinking back to what happened to Regan Smith just the fall before. And it's like, you know, if I go below the yellow line here, they're going to take my win away. So Carl comes down to block and Brad just says like, you know, I'm here and I'm I'm going to turn him or Carl's going to turn himself or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, you got a car going into the catch fence and I guess that's a more exciting finish and NASCAR would prefer that to somebody uh, driving on the apron beyond a,
1: a painted yellow line on a racetrack. for, for Right. A reason. And that's something I need to look back at the finish, granted, because if, if Fogelman did hold his line, then I will say really, maybe I don't blame him for the for the last one specifically, you know, the whichever one, whoever wrecked, I forget. There's so much going on, whoever he wrecked there. But to that point, can you really blame him if he thinks that if he's even if he's forced below the yellow line, if they're going to call him for that and say, no, you don't win the race, then why should I go below the other line if he's going to block me and that's his choice that's he's determining his own future and he's going to get wrecked and that's just what it is if I'm going to hold my line. um, But you look at it, it's that that is one I will give him that I need to look, look back at that finish granted. um, I will do that but there are other examples. It's not the only one, even if he, if he did hold his line, then fair play. He held his line, but there are other examples, you know, a la last year in October this year. I mean, you look at this year, Daytona 500. I don't think McDowell did it on purpose at all. I'm not going to sit here and say that that would be stupid, but it is part of a thing where it's just, everybody's just going for it with no regard to what they're going to do, you know, and and something I I found interesting was the difference, at least again, this is my timeline. This is people I follow the difference in reaction that I saw from Xfinity at Bristol and trucks at Talladega, where the, the immediate reaction to Xfinity at Bristol was, that was amazing. That was the most fun thing I've ever seen. And then trucks at Talladega, people kind of did what I did. And I I think you did too, at Xfinity at Bristol, where you kind of pull back for a second. You're like, wait, 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 did I really enjoy that though? <laughs> like that's a spectacle, yeah. but is that racing? You know, well, I think I think Ethan said like that was the not fun version of Xfinity of Bristol or or something like that. Yeah, but it is something, and and maybe because it was a bigger track, and you know, generally the wrecks you see there are a lot more consequential than the ones you see at a track like Bristol. But to me, in you know, in my mind, that is essentially the same principle that's what i'm looking for it's the same principle in both aspects where it's you know it doesn't matter what happens and i'm almost positive cup would have gone the same way if they didn't even if it only went to the end of stage two i think it probably would have gone the well, same I mean, way it kind of
0: did because you know something which whichever one that was i know there was a controversy with stenhouse and bowman yeah I'm, I, I don't oh, even, yeah like like was, i think no. stenhouse
1: got was getting shoved yeah. by elliot and then he hit bowman or something yeah But I
0: mean, bubble, bubble winning just totally blew up everything. You know, that's because that's such a big deal and everything. But, uh, you know, there was the reason, like, I mean, people like for people to discredit his win, you know, and say like, oh, it's rain shortened. Like, you know, you think back to, you know, how Joey Logano won his first race, how David Rudiman won his first race. Like those were guys that stayed out under caution. Justin Haley, you know, if you want a more recent example, they stayed out and then the rains came, you know, after everybody went into the pits or whatever. You know, Bubba actually, Bubba Wallace drives up and, and takes the lead on merit. but it wasn't even the weather because there was another, there was another crash coming to the end of stage two, because they weren't even finished the second stage yet. And then the rains came and they, and they called the race or, or whatever. But, you know, we saw that, that same intensity level, you know, turn up to 11 because the guys know that the rain's coming. It's going to be here any minute. And you got to race every lap. Like it's the last
1: one. And then you have the inevitable wreck. Right. And. And that's something that, especially if that race went the distance, there was one, I think it was 2015, maybe 16, whatever one it was, where Kenseth was racing the 20 car and he did the blow over whichever race that was. I remember that race because it was the same thing the whole day. They were like, okay, rain could be coming in 10 minutes. And that was it for the whole day. So the entire race was desperation. But that package, and at that time, I don't think it was quite as apparent in the desperation. It was also a spring race, so it wasn't like the whole like playoff, oh my God, I need every point I can get Um, dynamic, which is a whole other thing. Um, The desperation racing, it creates this crazy racing. And then when you couple that with the type of racing that that the giant old spoiler creates on the super speedways, I wasn't enjoying that race. I am glad they called it not even for the bubble win, because I know that winning a race in the rain, it kind of carries a connotation with it. And now, you know, all the people on Facebook can say, oh, I real win, but they're, you know, how it, ironic was it that Facebook went down on the day that bubble? Oh, my out. God. I loved it. I wish it would have stayed down for like the whole day. Just so yeah actually maybe i don't because then they would have been on twitter i don't know i thought it was hilarious that facebook was down i think it was still down when he won the race which was fantastic prime content um but i did i didn't enjoy that race i was glad they were going to end it and again they wouldn't have gotten to that point that early if it wasn't for the rain but it started looking like the type of super speedway racing that created the Daytona 500 pileup that created the Ryan Newman crash last year. It's this type of racing that when you take this mentality, that is a problem everywhere, right? It's a problem at Bristol. It's a problem everywhere. But when you take that principle and you start putting it on super speedways, I'm amazed nobody's died in the past 10 years on a super speedway. I'm, I will, I'm honestly amazed. I'm impressed by the safety of the cars, but I mean, the way they've been racing, on these super speedways the past few years i it's amazing that nobody has has gone up in the fence flipped into the fence done something like that of that nature you know what i mean
0: yeah well i mean the, the one the one that i guess you could maybe say you know and i, I don't want to get too morbid here but uh you know i, I think back to you know and obviously it's, it's very sad what what just happened with you know the whole john west townley situation um but you know, which we didn't even get to on grid, uh, this, this past weekend, just because, you know, there's still an investigation ongoing we want to make sure, you know, everything comes out, but, you know, think back to Eric McClure and, uh, you know, he had a lot of hard hits in his career. Um, but you know, the Talladega crash in particular, um, you know, I think, you know, you, you got to wonder, you know, had a safer barrier not been there, how much worse that would have been. Um, you know, I don't know, but he was ever the same after, after that accident, you know, he came back and raced still for a few years, but, uh, You know, just thinking back to him passing away earlier this year and, you know, how sad of a story that is. Um, You know, I think we tend to forget, you know, just because, you know, Dale Jr. went through it with his concussions. Um, Just because somebody's cleared at the infield care center or whatever or or diagnosed with a a concussion, they take a race or two off and then they're back, Um, you know, those things can have long-term lasting effects. So, you know, while there there hasn't been a fatality in, in our sports since Dale Earnhardt, Um, you know, you really, we, we kind of have this mentality now, I think as, as fans that, you know, the, the cars are so safe, the drivers are almost invincible. And, you know, I, I I don't think that could be further from the truth. And I hope that, you know, with everything that's coming out about, you know, concussions and CT and everything that maybe, you know, this is a wake-up call for the the entire industry. You know, maybe we need to take a, a serious look at, Um, you know, the long-term effects that that these kinds of things can have and
1: you know, the injuries that can come from that. Right. And I agree. And that is something too that something that kind of, you know, really went under the rug with all of the, you know, the nonsense on Saturday and then bubble winning on Sunday, which by the way, NASCAR caught a huge break with that. They absolutely needed that story on Sunday to distract from what had happened on Saturday. Um But getting buried in all that, was that was the last race of the Gen 6 on a super speedway. The next race on a super speedway is the next gen. And there are already, there have been a lot of concerns about the safety of that car. And I hope, well, and this may play into a larger part. Maybe we'll get into this. But like the next gen of, I mean, really, I think the next gen is kind of determines what happens to NASCAR truly over the next like 30 years. Totally agree. Um, But specifically, and for right now, I'll just say specifically for the super speedways, they need that car to not race like the NA 18D did on super speedways. They need to not make it have these enormous runs that nobody can truly control that if you, if you back out of the run, it's, you know, it may be another two laps before you truly get another run because that creates the type of racing that you see. And again, it's not a, it's not a completely new thing. Like Eric McClure clearly was not racing the NA 18D package, but it exacerbated the issues that I think got to him. And you you bring up the point with, you know, that did, I, I do believe that had long-term effects, you know, I don't want to get too far into this, you know, and, you know, for anybody listening to this, don't headhunt me, but, you know, you hear about some of the things that happen in McClure's personal life after, after racing and a lot of it was just heartbreaking and a lot of it did not seem consistent. I mean, I, 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 didn't know the guy personally, so I have no idea, but you know, one would think it's not consistent with usual normal patterns of behavior. And, you know, I know he had a lot of things going on personally with his family. He had police reports filed against him for, you know, various domestic issues and that's, you know, consistent with the CTE thing. And, you know, and again, I, being an idiot, it, I'm just going to say it, but, you know, not knowing fully the story from what has come out so far about Townley, it seems like he may have gone the same direction. Where- yeah. Well, and, and people
0: were saying the same thing that you were just saying about McClure, you know, that telling stories about, you know, and and Townley, man, he got so much, he got so much crap on social media, you know, just because, I mean, he was the, he was the quintessential Hey driver you know who if, if he wasn't in a crash he was running 20th and you know i mean but he but he did get that win at las vegas you know and that and that was a feel-good story um but i mean he he dealt with that i think so well and you know he was always professional in the interviews that he gave um you know and i, I think he had a lot of friends in that garage area and then he stepped away you know i think kind of to try to get away from that you know i think uh Isaac was just telling the the story on Twitter. Um, you know, the, the Gallagher fight, apparently Townley like had no memory of that. And like that amazes me, you know, because of how many times that moment's been replayed. I mean, I think FS1 replays it every time we go to Gateway. Um, you know, maybe they'll stop doing it now. But uh, you know, I mean, that's just to to hear the police report that's that's come out now, and you know, if if that's what the investigation ends up concluding and everything, you know, that that does not seem consistent with the John West Townley that, you
1: know, I remember racing in the series five or seven years ago, whatever it was. Right. And I actually didn't know that the National police report came out. I assume it's kind of consistent with like the reports came out that he showed up like with an ax doing all that. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it's just, it, it's an awful, awful situation no matter how you slice it. And, uh, I'm, I'm certainly, I want to give my best thoughts to, to his family and, you know, um, Laura in particular, because I know she, she was shot as well. She's expected to survive, thank God. But uh yeah, I mean, it's just, just a terrible, terrible
1: tragedy, terrible situation. Absolutely. But, and that plays into a larger part of, you know, what if there are current drivers that also in a few years will start accepting signs? What if, you know, and, and now I don't want to get, too speculative but i mean i am because again i'm an idiot but i mean you look at stuff of and and this is one that could go a lot of different ways but you look at like the the jordan fish denny hamlin situation and in me seeing this stuff now it's kind of clicking that it's like you don't really see it out I have never I've not seen any signs outside of that personally being some idiot in California I've not seen any signs outside of that that even suggest that but it's like what if guys like Hamlin also somewhat exhibit that what if there's more going on behind the scenes that we don't know about that are a causation because I mean Hamlin hasn't taken that many hard hits but you think back to like Fontana 2013-14 whatever year that was you know he had that massive hit that like broke his back or something and you know it's not as common of an issue in NASCAR as one would even think it is you know McClure and Townley are just a couple of examples there's plenty of retired drivers that haven't gotten that but i I hope that you know with the increase somewhat with the increase in wrecks wrecks aren't really even they're not that hard they're not as hard they're not not like gonna say they're not as hard they're not any harder necessarily than they were but they I would like to see a statistic i would take a guess to say especially on like super speedways they happen more frequently now um you know i hope in a few years we don't start to see this happen with more drivers like you know you look at some guys that have taken a lot of big hits in their careers. you look at like ryan newman he's taken a bunch of huge crashes in his career i hope there isn't there isn't stuff going on with him that'll start to rear its head, especially with the Daytona crash, because he doesn't have recollection of it. Yeah. You know, I, I hope there, there isn't more, more to that, that starts to really rear its head in the, in future years that then NASCAR needs to, if they don't nail the safety with the next gen, that is huge. There's a lot that's huge with the next gen, but there is one, even if you nail, even if you can get the racing. Okay. If you don't nail the safety and you keep the culture that you you have cultivated, in the sport there's going to be an issue here i, I believe it was, i think it was uh it was gluck or weaver the other day after the daga finished because the track president said oh yeah the car should look mangled after you win a race <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> which is yeah. the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard but if you keep that mindset i i want to say it was weaver i could be wrong about this he said i i hope and i i agree with this i hope that safety continues to outpace the culture because the more that this becomes the norm, the more that every year, every race, you see a crazier and crazier crash happen at the end of a super speedway finish. You need safety to keep up. You need safety to keep improving if you want to keep this culture that you've created.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you brought up the. I don't, I don't even know a track's president's name. Um, I don't know, but I want to after after that quote. Um. Cause like it, it, it's one thing for like, you know, some idiot on social media to say like, Oh yeah, that's how, that's how a car should look when that's how the race winning die cast should look or, or whatever. Um, but you know, when the track president says that over the PA system that like, this is how a truck should look when it finishes Talladega, you know, that's wh- what kind of message does that send? You know, right. And, you know, getting back to the whole concussion thing, you know, what really struck me was, uh, you know, I think Danica came out and said something, Danica Patrick, when she retired, um, you know, she said she had suffered a few concussions in her career. And like, if you look at her racing history, her record, like there's no, you know, she never spent any time away with, with injuries or anything like that was never like medically diagnosed with one that was reported in the media, at least, you know, so for, and, and she took a lot of hard hits as well, but you know, for, for somebody who there was no record of them having a concussion throughout their entire career, to, to come out and say something like that you know that that should have been a wake-up call to me um because you know if that's if you if you have a driver that doesn't have that on the record saying that you know well how how many drivers in the field are going through similar things that you know when they get to the point where their career's over could this have long-term lasting effects for them right and i actually never heard that about patrick i will say so maybe i don't know Somebody did a good I forget job. where I heard it, but I, I think it, it came up a couple times. Um, you know, after, after she stepped away, but yeah, you know, it's just, that's just one example. You know, I feel like, um, like Calvin Johnson, I think in the NFL, you know, he was never diagnosed with, with a concussion or missed a game, but he said he suffered a few, you know, and it, it just makes me feel like, and obviously some are more severe than others and things, but how many of those are getting swept under the rug and, uh, Yeah. I I think you said you've read Dale jr's book as well. Um, you know, what really struck me, uh, in, in racing to the finish was that, you know, the, the recovery, you know, it's first, first of all, you you wouldn't try to race through a concussion today. You know, that's just absolutely a a massive no, no, It's not going to happen. Um, but you know, the, the recovery aspect of it too, you know, it used to be you went in a dark room, you put a washcloth on it and, you know, waited a week and then hopefully you were fine. Um, Whereas now, you know, Dale's, I mean, he was talking about it, documentary it on his social media. You know, he's doing a lot more active recovery and physical exercises, mental exercises, you know, to, to try to actively get his his brain back where it needs to be. Um, you know, so I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I, with all the stuff that continues to come out. Um, you know, I, I hope this isn't something that, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, we're going to look back and, think what if we had intervened sooner and you know talked about this more made this a bigger issue
1: right and i think this is kind of a good segue point into the next gen where if this is an issue now and and i will say with the concussion thing it's you know you say it's not necessarily an issue i like the baja blast um it's not necessarily U- 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 actually hit. i ran out of uh, blast, unfortunately. <laughs> no. um like we're racing through a concussion just doesn't happen. Do we really know that? I mean, if all the stuff is coming out like years and years after people quit, who knows, maybe it's some of these hits that you see, that are like, Oh my God, maybe they are getting concussions. Who knows it, whether or not that is an issue. I will say, and I, maybe I made this point already. I might be repeating myself. No notes, but the next gen needs to nail the safety, especially, right. you know, in light of all of the concerns that have come up about it they need to nail the safety. And then I will make the larger point. This might be a good segue point that the next gen really determines what NASCAR is. It determines if it stays a niche for the next 25 years or if they want any semblance, I don't think it'll get back to the point that it was in like 2004, 2005. Personally, I don't think it'll get back to that level, but it kind of determines if you stay as a niche and you stay almost strictly with the, people that currently watch sport and maybe their kids, you know, that will watch the sport simply because they're, they're raised on it. Or if you want to start growing sport and bringing in outside people, because, and I mean, I say this as somebody personally, for me, this is something that if the next gen sucks and like, it's kind of accepted that at the very least for the next five to 10 years, this is what we're stuck with. I don't know if I'm going to stick watching the races, especially as I go through and, you know, I started college this year. So I, I barely watch trucks this year because I've been busy. And so even sometimes when it's on, I just kind of don't really care that much anymore. You know, you, which is a contrast from like five years ago. It's like, I would always be watching the races, you know, if there's a race on and I'm able to watch it, I'm going to watch it. But sometimes I'm just like, yeah, it's on cool. I'll watch baseball,
0: you know? Ah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the exact same mentality for me. And I, I don't think I'll ever get to a point like, you know, I, like I, I, I go on my meltdowns and everything, you know, after I, I don't like what we're seeing. Um, I don't see how eight out of 10 fans like uh, the, the 550 package or whatever. Um, although I don't know, maybe I just need to go enjoy holidays and find happiness. Um, <laughs> how many, how many quotes can we get in here? But, you know, I, I'm never going to get to the point where I'm like, I'm never watching another race again, you know, cause it's, it's in my blood, you know, at, at its core, it is still, you know, man and machine and motorsports and all that good stuff. But, you know, I mean, there's like, like Kyle Larson right now is he's 22 points above the cut line. If he has a bad race at the Roval, you know, you thought Kevin Harvick not making Phoenix last year was, you know, an indictment on the system. Like there's a legitimate chance that, With the season that he's had, Larson doesn't get out of the round of 12. That's unbelievable to me that the the system can be so flawed that, you know, a guy who's had, who's won as much races as, as he's won, you know, imagine if he didn't have his playoff points from those wins or stage wins or whatever the case may be like, he'd be on the cut line right now. And that's just, that's absolutely insane that people look at this and think, yes, this is, this is a good way to crown a champion. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't even, I don't get it. And I know we were, we, we were talking about the next gen and the safety aspect, you know, you can go to stage racing and the package that, I mean, it's just so many things that you're, you're trying to chase a new fan for entertainment purposes to create your game seven moment or whatever the case may be. And uh, you know, in, in doing so you push away the traditional, that you've had that uh you know maybe maybe has to cross over into all forms of racing but you know like imagine imagine if you go to Abu Dhabi and you know Lewis blows an engine and you know Max crashes out racing uh I don't even know who I guess Lando's third right now and then you know somehow some way uh you know Esteban Ocon uh has has bs his way into a championship four and he finishes fifth in abu dhabi and he he's he's the f1 champion this year like how, how ridiculous would that be but that's that's what you guarantee in nascar in all three series every year now
1: right and and again that plays into the larger point and this is just me speaking for me personally i would not be surprised if there's a lot of people that feel the same me personally, I have stopped taking the championship at NASCAR seriously. I simply do not care anymore. Like last year, Chase Elliott won the championship. I said, okay, and then I went and did something else. It's, you know, truly you have made it where it does not mean a thing anymore. I don't even remember who won two years ago in 2019. Kyle Busch. Kyle yeah. Busch, yeah. See, didn't yeah. remember that because it doesn't matter anymore because it's not something that, I mean, granted, you know, sometimes i'll just forget 2 years back anyways that's you know just what it is but it's well
0: and i i can tell you you know i'm coming at it you know i've been an aj Almeninger fan since his red bull days you know so like i'm i i'm was so pumped when he said he was going full time this year and you know he has totally re- revived his entire career with what he's done with colleague and you know even won a cup race this year which is just unbelievable to still think about but you know like he wins in, in that in that finish that we, we talked about at the start, you know, that was that gives him the regular season championship or whatever. Like because that, that's now a thing. We're gonna have a we're gonna mark the regular season champion, I guess, as as if, you know, we're still tracking those points, even though we're talking all year about a playoff system. And that's why Denny Hamlin, I think, flew under the radar as well, because he didn't win a race until the playoffs, even though he was right there with Larson, um, having a fantastic season. But, you know, getting back to AJ, like if he wins a championship this year, like as a fan, you know, that's going to be great. You know, I'll enjoy it. But, you know, I'm just he's got the regular season championship on his resume now. And that to me, even though it's not as prestigious, even though, you know, people aren't going to look back in the record books 10 to 15 years from now and and see that, you know, when they see the list of champions in the series, that to me is a much better indicator of the kind of season that he has had with colleague. And, you know, the fact that he did get the edge on Sindrick for the regular season title, you know, that to me shows, you know, just how good he's been. And, you know, with that, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't care because I, you know, I do care a little bit as a fan, you know, if I, if I said that, I wouldn't really be a real fan in that, in that regard, but, you know, I'm not, I'm hardly going to be devastated if we get to, if, if we get to Phoenix and he doesn't, get the edge on Cindric, or if he even makes it to Phoenix, you know, cause he, he crashed out of Talladega, you know, now there's a the question of, you know, does he have enough playoff points in his bank to be able to recover from that? You know, it's, it's just such a needlessly complicated system that doesn't even reward the most deserving driver of a championship. And, you know, go, going back to the point that you just opened with, you know, that's why I feel like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, Get on my soapbox and say like, you know, Tyler Reddick, for example, in 18, you know, is an undeserving champion because Tyler Reddick doesn't go to NASCAR and Taylor make the rules for him to have his best track be the season finale and, you know, give him a system that allows him to win the championship that way. Um, I'm just here to tell you the reality is like you want to talk about the champion being the best driver in the series, you know, you tally up the regular season points and he has a teammate in Elliott Sadler and a teammate in Justin Allgaier that scored more points than him over the year. So in a way, he's the third best driver on his own team, in his own garage, and yet he's hoisting the season-long championship trophy at the end of the year. And, you know, there's just something about that that makes me think to myself, you know, if an outsider sees that and they see somebody who has a dominant season and this guy's the champion and that guy isn't.
1: You know what? What does that say to people? Right, and and that's something I think that is kind of already pushed me. I think I'm starting to. I mean, behind the curtain, I think in our chat, I think Will has you know talked about this a little bit, but more and more, I mean, I think I'm being pushed to a point where I it, like every the past couple of years, really, I have cared a lot less. You know, whereas three four years ago even I was still kind of really into the stuff and I was watching you know every race and I would be here and there even like earlier I kind of realized that oh yeah cup kind of sucks but I still watch west every week because it's still doing pretty well for now and now that's where it is you know but for me it's it's kind of a thing of the the championship system has made it so as a whole I just take it less seriously and I'm less invested and I mean that's not solely their fault. Granted, it's just that, you know, life happens. I'm 18. Now I, you know, there's more stuff going on in my life, but it's a matter of, you know, whereas like Roseville is this weekend, the Pat, you know, before COVID, I had been to four, I believe in a row at Roseville. I think I'm almost positive. I've been to four in a row. I didn't even know it was this weekend until Monday maybe last Sunday, you know, where it's like, usually that would be something that I would have marked off, like kind of in my mental calendar, like a month or two beforehand. Like, yeah, there's that race. I want to go to that race. I want to get us to that race. I just, it kind of doesn't do that for me. And again, me personally, I think the next gen kind of determines because for me, it's become more of a thing of, I have really lost. Any investment in the championship, but sometimes you can still watch a race and still be invested by the race if the racing on track is good. Like, like Xfinity Bristol, I did not enjoy the finish to that. I enjoyed most of the race, but then you look uh, at—I watched it on DVR because I worked that day. It was the Bristol Night Race. I enjoyed that race because, I mean, even though the ending was kind of silly, I think it's fair to call it that. The the actual battle before. Like the before, you know, Elliot and Harvick hit each other. I enjoyed it because it was two guys who were racing cleanly hard in a dynamic track. I enjoyed Dynamic Bristol personally, you know, racing, multi groove racing, going at each other and being able to say, being able to race like that. If you get rid of that aspect with the next gen car, the one last thing that you have with your car, I just don't really see anything. And I, and again, I probably will be the same as you. I still, I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to watch, I'm never going to watch again. Or like, I'm not going to watch a single race this year. I still probably will. I'll still be, you know, granted, I haven't been enjoying the heck out of any car like this past couple of years. And like F1, F1 has its own issues, but I am enjoying that. um, When I can watch what's on at 4.00 AM Pacific. Um, But your last, at least to me the way I see it, your last talking point, if you're NASCAR, your last untouched talking point is the on-track product. And if they don't if they don't hit with the next gen, like if they do something where if they end up going with another 550 package and they do that everywhere, and you know, I think Bell is quoted as saying that even tracks like Bristol feel slower now, like with the next gen car. If that ends up being true. I think that's kind of your last, your last stand. That's the last thing that they really need to not mess up.
0: Yeah. I think somebody even was it bell. I don't know. Somebody was testing the next gen at Bristol. I feel like, and they, they timed the lap, like, you know, just with their stopwatch or like watching the video on Twitter that was posted or whatever. And they got like 17 seconds, which, and I mean, I assume like it's a test, you know, you're not obviously running a qualifying lap or anything, but you know, if we're doing 17 second laps at Bristol, you know, I remember growing up with sub 15 second laps at Bristol and, you know, and the racing was good. That's the other thing, you know, it's not like, you know, the cars are going slower, but at least the racing is still like, you know, the, the whole point of the 550 package, you know, you have low horsepower, high downforce. So you go a lot faster in the corners, but you know, you stall out on the straight in the dirty air, you can't pass somebody. Um, You know, I, I really, it sounds like that might be the direction that they're going to go with this next gen car. And if that happens, then, you know, I, I, I like, I say, I say in the chat sometimes that like, you know, I, I pray every night for a split or, or something. And, you know, I, I say that mostly in just because, you know, I, I think a split, you know, you, you saw what happened to it when Indy, when IndyCar had their split, you know, I think that that was largely more detrimental than, uh, than, you know, you look at the problems that it might've, temporarily soft or whatever um and like only now 13 years after reunification are you seeing kind of that energy come back and uh the the series kind of find its footing a little bit so you know i think but if if enough drivers get fed up about it you know you see it with the backlash against atlanta doing their reconfiguration and you know I, i can't believe we don't talk about this more like if you go back and watch you know, Kevin Harvick's interviews after Martinsville last year, and the season that he had, um, you know, not even making it to Phoenix. And he says, you know, he's, he, he, he's openly admitting as a, as an active former champion of the sport, still racing for more championships that, yeah, these championships aren't like the ones that Petty and Earnhardt used to win. And, you know, the championship's kind of a bonus, you know, it'd be great to win it obviously, but I'd rather just go out and win a bunch of races and, have fun with it. And like, you know, imagine imagine if LeBron James came out and said, you know, the NBA finals is kind of a bonus, you know. I mean, I'd rather yeah. it'd be great to win it, <laughs> but I'd rather just go out and, you know, win 74 games and break the Warriors' record. Like that would mean more to me. Like, I mean, that's it, it sounds silly and laughable, but in a way that's that's literally what he's saying. You know, I I'd rather just go out and win as many races as I can. The championship is kind of a wild card. It's kind of a bonus, you know. Obviously, the system's broken. We didn't even make it to Phoenix this year, so it'd be, it'd be nice to win. But you know, I don't really care. And that's that's Kevin Harvick saying it. This isn't this isn't the fan saying it. This isn't the pundit on YouTube or Twitter or whatever saying it. Like this is this is a champion of our sport, and that's how he feels about racing for a championship in NASCAR in 2021.
1: Right. And I will make the point too, that th- they somehow with this system have created kind of a multi-part issue where championships being less, they have also made races mean less individual races. The only race truly that I can think of in NASCAR that they care about winning simply the race, just the race is the 500. And I mean, Indy, they have a much, they have a much shallower schedule. They only race 17 times. And I mean, you know, you could argue, yeah, the only race that they race for the race anymore is the Indy 500, which is fair. But you think about like, like the crown jewels of, of NASCAR, I think of them as Daytona, the 600, the Bristol night race, and the Southern 500. And really, I don't really get the vibe that any of them actually care about, like winning the Southern 500 anymore. It's kind of gone away in lieu of the playoff system and well, especially now with it being in the chase in the playoffs, sorry, I'm still several years behind um, that you look at it and you look at these guys saying, Oh yeah, well I could win the Southern 500, but I'd rather just kind of hang out in second and advance the next round, you know, and the elimination, the, the playoff point system, I think is more fair. It's a more fair system within the realm of elimination rounds. Yeah. but they've, they've kind of created like they've kind of recreated their own issue where the entire reason that the chase itself was born was because they didn't like points racing but now somewhat during the playoffs if you have a massive cushion you almost like if you're larson going into next weekend why should i risk wrecking my car for the win if i'm gonna only be if i'm only 15 up on the line and i wreck myself going for the win He's just going to be points racing so they've kind of recreated their own no. issue again just an a, a, a worse a, a objectively worse context
0: we're not going to point race but the the nbc ticker is going to have the playoff points as they run taking up half of the scoring pylon for the entire i mean <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah, like how do you yeah how do you reconcile that and and you know you, you freudian slip or whatever call it a chase you know i think that's I, I don't really care. That's a much better, like at, at least, you know, I, I think back to, you know, Steve Phelps, and I don't know, maybe Steve Phelps is a, is a really nice guy. You know, I don't, I don't want to make any personal attacks or anything. um You know, first, I remember when Steve Phelps was on undercover boss, you know, that was, that was a cool uh, moment for NASCAR, you know, going, that's a, that's a bit of a throwback there for my reality show audience. Um, but You know, like when he he gives his press conference at Phoenix last year and he says, like, we'll keep it unique to our sport. Like, I think a reporter brought up, you know, he says the playoff system works incredibly well and it gave fans what they wanted. And a reporter says, like, so, you know, are you admitting to saying, you know, you want the game seven moments? And he's like, well, I wouldn't say game seven moments. We'll keep it unique to our sport. And this is the sport that in the last five years has renamed the chase, the playoffs. And they've renamed green, white checkers overtime. How is that? Like you had, you had two things that, you know, I I admittedly not a huge fan of, but at least, you know, you, you want to be unique to your sport. Well, okay. You know, no other sport has a green, white checkered, you know, IndyCar doesn't do that. Formula one doesn't do that. You know, they run their race to the distance that was scheduled. You know, no other sport has a, a chase for the cup or whatever. That's a unique name. It kind of rolls off the tongue nicely. But then you have, you you call it overtime, you know, even though racing is an time sport, you call it the NASCAR playoffs, even though nobody says, Oh, I'm a NASCAR player. I, I, I play race car driving. Like that's, that's not something any anybody says, but it's still called the playoffs. You know, I feel like, I feel like race offs would be a more accurate name if you want to go for something like that. But again, you know, it's, it's, it comes down to the issue of where's the consistency in that you say you want to keep it unique to, your sport. And yet all the changes that we've seen in the last decade seem to resemble the stick and ball sport type of thing that you've got going for you. And maybe that's the, the casual race fan, the casual sports fan that you're trying to chase. So there's mixed, there's mixed messaging there.
1: Right. And, and I mean, this is something that, I mean, to a lot of people listening will probably be plain as day, but I'm still going to say it anyway, that you're your whole selling point being motorsports is, I don't know. I, I don't think I can cuss on the show. So I'm going to say if you're NASCAR, We're not live, I'll bleep it out. It's fine. <laughs> so my, my whole thing is if you're NASCAR, your selling point is that you have race cars. You're not throwing a ball. You're not, it's not some guy. I have baseball on in the background right now. It's not like two guys standing there. It's that you have these machines that can go 200 miles an hour. That is your selling point. And that is part of, that is the whole allure of NASCAR is that it's these guys. I mean, that's the allure of a lot of sports granted that it's people doing this incredible stuff that, but with, with race, with racing, and as much as we've talked about, clearly they need to have the safety thing. There's always the aspect of no matter how safe you make the cars, this is something that is inherently unsafe and inherently just in and of itself should be very cool to watch right and I know I know both of us I'm sure we've heard the the vast the the variety of the turn and left in circles jokes but you know on some level if you can get to a point where you know I used to be able to tell people like specifically about cup racing I used to be able to tell people well nah there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more that goes into it. It's not just turning left in a circle. It's just like any sport. It's like basketball, you're just throwing a ball in the hoop. Well, no, there's a lot of strategy there. And like race cars, there's a lot more than just, you know, put to the gas, turn left. But with the NA 18D, it's like there are some races where I have watched them and I feel like I'm literally just watching guys put the pedal to the metal and turn left. And that's not, that's not cool. That's not fun to watch. It doesn't, you know, That's not exhilarating for the drivers or if you're a viewer, even in person or on TV, it just, it doesn't get you excited if they're so stable and, you know, there's nothing there that puts you on the edge, like, like the cars that you said, like, you know with the cars at at bristol that did 14 nines those cars were so easy to spin out on their own because you're constantly on the edge where it's like if you make a wrong move you're going to mess it up because that takes skill to do but if that isn't there and in some regards on like the shorter tracks even in cup i believe that is one of the last things that they still have going for them that you know you watch like the harvick elliott battle at least for me it looked that's something that took a lot of skill to pull off the amount of car control and the amount of skill that it took to be able to race in the way that they did is why i like racing you know and it's it's something that if you just if you lose that and then what are you you know (laughs) yeah i mean it it goes back to the whole
0: idea of you know the, the identity crisis that you find yourself in um and, you know, you brought up baseball, and I think that's another that's another argument people have with the, the playoff system. And I'm even the kind of guy that, you know, like, I feel like I was maybe born 100, 100 years too late. You know, I want to go back to when the World Series was the team with the best record in the American League and the best record in the National League, and, you know, clearly the two best teams over 150 games or under 62 games, whatever it is, and, you know, they're in the World Series because they're the two most deserving teams to be there. You know, we don't need a playoff of eight teams or 10 teams to determine that, you know, my biggest pet peeve is people bring up the 2007 Patriots or the 73, nine warriors. And they say like, well, they didn't get the job done when it mattered most. And, you know, and even the NBA, you know, they play 82 games. I feel like they have enough of a season where, you know, they could just be like the premier league and in, in soccer and, you know, just give the Warriors a championship because clearly they're the best team over the course of a season, but you get to the NFL, there's 32 teams in the league. Um, I feel like I'm just repeating myself in my, uh, my playoff rant video that I made last year, but you know, you got 32 teams in the league and there's 16 games, I guess 17 now, you know, whoever geniuses that decided to do that, I guess, cash is King. Right. But whatever it is, 17 games, you're not going to be able to play every team in the league every year. So you need a playoff system because, you know, and college football, even more so with how many schools there are, you know, when a committee selects the two best teams, you know, that's something that is subjective. You know, you can argue, well, this team is better, you know, on offense, this team has a better, you know, whatever the case may be, if they have the same record, strength of schedule factors in. So you know is, is four teams even enough for a college football playoff? You know, you, you want to go to eight teams, you want to go to 12 teams, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, and you have the best teams play each other, and then that's how you determine your champion because that doesn't always happen in the regular season, it's very rare but you get two top five teams, you know, in the top 25 ranking playing each other. But then you go over to NASCAR, and every driver, for the most part, you know, obviously every you part timers and everything, but. Every driver that's running for a championship is out on the track every week and you award points from first to last. And whoever has the most points, at least it used to be this way, over the course of a year, you know, that usually corresponds with the guy that has the best average finish or the most wins or whatever the case may be, and they're a the season-long champion. Um, I guess I shouldn't have said most wins because, you know, then you bring up the what happened in 2003, but you know, even though Newman had more wins, he was a lot more inconsistent in Kansas and Kansas, you know, had a better season overall statistically and wins the championship. And then you decide, well, you know, the champion shouldn't only win one race. And then you create a system where Matt crafting goes out of a truck series a couple years ago and wins the championship without winning a single race. You know, how, how ironic is that? So, you know, it's just like, like I said, you know, we, we could keep going you know, on this. I don't know if we have any more topics we want to get into, but it's, it's just a needlessly overcomplicated system that when you throw the stage racing and stage points in there and, and playoff points carrying over, it's even more difficult to explain. Although I do like the playoff points carrying over. Cause at least that, you know, it's not like a hard reset, like it was from 14 to 16. Um, you know, it's just, it's impossible to explain to somebody who doesn't have an interest in a sport that already exists. And, you know, at the very least when you have stick and ball sport playoffs, you know, it's, it's very simple. The winner moves on and, and all that stuff, but you know, who's got the most playoff points who's locked in because they want to race, even though they're way below the cut line. You know, it just, it takes ages upon ages to explain. I feel like right here on this podcast, I've wasted enough time explaining it and we should move on, but you know, I, I can't stop because I keep thinking of other parts of the system that I should bring up. You know, it's just totally over, over complicated
1: right and I, I will say maybe even getting away from nascar a little bit because yeah i think we just spent like an hour just railing on nascar which i mean i could rail on nascar <laughs> all day but <laughs> but I, 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 I will say i will say to kind of put a bow on it i do like it i do like that term i've never really thought of it like specifically with that term that nascar has the identity crisis that they just cannot decide exactly what they want to be that everything they do is kind of double on where it's like yeah you you're doing this in the name of a stick and ball and this and that, and, but it creates the issues. And I would say watching baseball, it kind of brings up the thing. Right now I'm watching, uh, behind the curtain is October 6th, I'm watching the Dodgers-Cardinals wildcard game. This is also idiotic. There's no way that this Dodgers team should be playing a one-game playoff after winning 106 games being the second best team in the majors, I'm a Giants fan. They're the second best team in the majors. There's no reason that they should be playing a team that has 15 less wins than them just to have the privilege to not have home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. And I understand that, you know, the way the schedule is is set up, I understand that disproportionately you're going to play, you know, like the NL West teams disproportionately play NL West teams more than anybody else but I I still find it ridiculous that that this is even a thing that's happening. It's tied at one at the end of eight right now. So like the Dodgers really after 106 wins, just because they didn't win tonight, they might not even make the playoffs. And even as a Giants fan, it's like, I don't, this is dumb to watch. This is, you know, not enjoyable. So like, and, you know, clearly the problems, you know, with NASCAR, I mean, a lot of them are unique because of the nature of what we're talking about, but I mean, they're, you know it's never going to be perfect nothing is ever going to be perfect every major every major north american sport you probably make the same argument for most sports every major north american sport has a somewhat of a problem like this baseball is a little bit more pronounced with you know this wild card game and it's going away hey the 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 extra innings rule is going away yeah. so that's that's good Praise jesus camp uh, yeah. praise it praise man for that fast enough yeah <laughs> um but you know you look at the nba i think the nba playoffs are a little bit too big i think there doesn't need to be more than six in there because usually but with with them too usually the first round is more formality than anything usually i mean again there's there's you can find examples for everything but generally it's just a formality and it's just kind of a waste of time but it's you know again cash is king so they just want more playoff games so if it, if it remains a formality it remains a formality um and, you know, the NFL, oh, my God, they have the whole thing. I don't know if you've seen The uh, Concussion, the movie, but... Uh, it's on my very long list of stuff <laughs> I
0: need to watch. Um, but I'm too busy doing stuff like this, so I never get around to watching any of it.
1: Um, but, right now, Right now, my list is about one thing long. there will still be probably months before I get to it. Uh, Squid Game, which is apparently very good. Uh, I've seen over the past four days on both Twitter and Instagram. Um but yeah, it, you know, I mean, it, it's a movie. So, of course, it's, it's a movie. But, it, you know, it kind of goes into detail about how the NFL worked. You know, I didn't know the term CTE until five years ago. And I'm, I would assume you're probably kind of in the same boat as me. Is that? Yeah, I mean, I I think I'd heard it, you know, here and there. But, you know,
0: it wasn't really until you know, I got a little bit older that, you know, that I, I started hearing it more often. Um, you know, I guess I, I'm like three years older than you, right? So I guess maybe uh what you're what 22 22 yeah okay four okay Um, well whatever the case may be (laughs) you know I get there's there's certain age I feel like where you you know you start paying attention to that kind of aspect of it a little bit more so I wouldn't say five years ago but you know I'm I'm certainly not not watching you know the Super Bowl as a as an eight-year-old thinking about all the you know lasting effects of concussions that that player just took a
1: a hard helmet to helmet hit or whatever you know that's certainly not something you're thinking about at that age but right and that's something that's something i probably should have prefaced most of this with is because i understand on some level at least in my mind you know as a just as a viewer of this it's you know nothing is it's just part of the thing with naivete and not knowing any not knowing anything when you're a kid and kind of the nostalgia you know it's never going to be what it was you know the guys who are just swoon over like 1965 being better than you know right now, and it's like you kind of look at it, and it's like, well, it really wasn't, but you know, it's just nostalgia. I understand that on some level, it's never gonna feel the same as when I'm some little four year old just watching it. I get that. Um, but on the NFL point, it's like they go, uh, they the first guy that they kind of diagnosed with CTE. And I mean, I understand it's not going to be out there like with the first guy and like they've discovered this brand new disease, but it, it started in like 2004, 2005. And really, I don't think it became, and I could be very wrong about this, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, yell at me on Twitter, but it's kind of a, a thing of, it didn't really become mainstream for another like 10 years because the NFL actively worked to cover that up. And, you know, and that's something is, I can rail on NASCAR all day long. Trust me, I can, but I understand that it's not, you know, problems are not unique to NASCAR. Everything, everything, every sport, every piece of entertainment is going to have issues. I mean, you look at every sector of entertainment now, it's just every week there's something coming out like every, you know, I don't know about you. I watch a fair amount of YouTube. I mean, you have a YouTube channel, this is going on. So I assume you do too. Um, it seems like every month you hear about your, you know, some YouTuber of the month got exposed as a pedophile or domestic abuse or or something of that sort. You know, I hope you don't get, uh, ad blocked for, for that statement, but. It's um, all
0: right. I'm not, I'm, I'm still waiting to hit a thousand subs. So if YouTube's running ads, they're, they're using my channel to their advantage to make their own money so oh cool okay
1: yeah, i didn't want to get you uh what's the word i didn't want to get you demonetized just for saying the word pedophile but uh
0: <laughs> i have i have my whole channels they, they haven't monetized it to begin with you can't get demonetized if you have if you're not monetized
1: in the first place so hey but uh, <laughs> um but yeah it's you know you look at everything and again i feel like it's kind of important to say after we just spent almost an hour and a half just kind of talking about all the problems that NASCAR has that I understand that there's going to be problems with everything always. That's just the way the world is, but it, you know, it's just that it's in a place where it seems like there's a lot of issues that are completely unnecessary and completely of their own doing, you know, yeah. that, that sometimes there are issues that are, are issues in a sport, but then they're not necessarily created by the sport a lot of times, a lot of times they are, if there's a, if there's a big overhanging problem, but um, sometimes it's just like, you know, I mean, you take like a stick and ball sport and I mean, NASCAR too, sometimes somebody just figures out a, a, a good, you know, new way to cheat. And like, I would argue the sport didn't necessarily create that, but I mean, it's just a problem they have, you know, Yeah, I mean, the MLB, I think you could go either way with like the, the, the whole like spider tack thing earlier this year where, you know, they didn't really enforce it for years, but at the same time, they also probably didn't, you know, for a hundred years, they just weren't having guys going to forget chemical labs, trying to figure out what's the stickiest thing that I can create <laughs> period. And then put it on my hand and throw a baseball with it. That That's not necessarily created. It's just that stages and playoffs and stages and playoffs and, you know, stage points. Oh my, that that's all created like in a, kind of in and of itself by nascar that it's, it's all just completely unnecessary to some regard you know what i mean yep but but eight out of ten fans seem to like it so you know it, it's here to stay oh my god the fan council i got kicked out of the fan council because uh they put out a thing i was in it for like a year or two i think it was right after um an 18d came out i like joined it you're supposed to be 18 to join it yeah. I was not 18 originally. I don't know if I just didn't put an agent or if I lied. Um, I was in it. I saw some of the questions they were putting up, which those questions they put in that fan council are absolutely atrocious. At least they were when I was in it. I mean, I've seen the screenshots, isn't it? Like, you
0: know, would you rather have, you know, like close racing, but you know, a bigger margin of victory or a smaller, like, I mean, it just, I feel like yeah, they don't like- even
1: make a lot of sense. It, essentially, I mean, they're kind of guiding you to the thing. It's like, would you rather have faster cars but the race, but you know, they suck or would you rather have slower cars, but they're good? You know, it's like, how am I supposed to answer that question and really get my point across? Um, Yeah. So I got kicked out of it. Cause then at some point they had a checkup of like, Oh yeah, please put in your dirt, your birthday. I put in, I am didn't realize you had to be 18. I put in my real birth date and I got kicked out and I was just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's the fan council i'm sure they're still doing it and i haven't seen a screenshot from there in a while so i don't know if the questions got better or if everyone just kind of accepted yeah this ain't gonna change so we just don't care anymore but it's a trip (laughs) it's such a trip
0: yeah well i want to you know i I know it's almost basically it's midnight for me here on the east coast but uh i got my i got my caffeine here so i'm doing okay (laughs) Um, I do want to get into baseball quickly just cause I feel like, you know, there's actually a lot of similarities with what's happened there with, you know, the, uh, the runner on second rule, which I think is, is the absolute worst of all of them. But, you know, you've got the, uh, the, the pitch clock now, that I think they're trialing in the minors that, you know, they're, they're trying to find out ways to speed up, speed up games, like the, the intentional walk rule, which I think is, you know, the, the dumbest thing ever, because, you know, there were. For some pitchers, it's hard to do that, and you know, occasionally you get an opportunity to to swing at one of those, and you know, it, it changes the. I mean, I just don't. I don't know. It, it's it's the same idea to me that you're you're kicking away a traditional fan to chase a new fan who maybe has casual interest but doesn't want to sit through a three and a half hour game, and when doing that, you do it at the expense of your core audience who is only going to leave you if you start doing stuff like this and make it a focal point for the sport.
1: Right. And yeah. And that's something that, you know, I, I never have been, I've always liked baseball. I've never been that into baseball, but I mean, and again, it's something I, I think we've talked about it and I will say it again. I will say it to anybody that listens. Part of why I've watched more baseball this year, regular season than generally I watch, which still isn't like a whole lot granted, but you know, I watch more this year than I have a lot in, in past years. And I will attribute a good part of that to people on YouTube being good at marketing players and Major League Baseball not being good at marketing its players. Where, you know, some of these guys, like I watched the whole thing, like a whole 45 minute video on like Yasiel Puig like a couple like a month ago and it was the like super interesting like I always just knew Puig is like that guy who just got mad at people a lot and fought a lot but like you never like I never knew about his story like he came from Cuba tried to come like five times and you know always got denied it's, it's interesting to, to do that stuff and that's just more of what you need to to chase if your baseball is just making you care about these players making you care about these teams you know and that's what gets people to have an investment in this and I will say too I don't know if you've heard about it I haven't heard about it in a while but I know. I, I'm sure they are still considering it. The NBA was considering having a uh, a midseason championship, like a regular season, like a tournament. championship. Yeah, thing. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how
0: far that's gotten. Um, they had they had the play in tournament now, which I think, like, again, you know, like as if these seven or eight seeds are gonna do anything but lose in the first round anyway. So why are we wasting time, wasting play? I mean. Like what happens if you know the Lakers found themselves as a seventh seed last year? You know what if LeBron had gotten hurt and like torn an ACL or something? Then that ruins his entire next season playing a playing game for to get a spot in a series that he's going to lose to Phoenix anyway. Um, can't believe how many people picked the Lakers to win that series. It's unbelievable to me. But uh, anyway, that's that's a story for another time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just uh, the whole the whole idea of you know the I, I, I expanded playoffs again um you know which i guess I mean, my phillies have been so awful i it's it's hard to get into it when your teams you know there's, there's no hope and they completely wasted bryce harper's season this year um after he finally started playing uh well enough to justify giving him 330 million dollars as if anybody could be justified being given 330 million dollars to play baseball but um i don't even know i, I lost track of where I was headed, the, the playoff system, I guess, right. Expanding it to 16 teams last year. Like obviously last year, kind of, you know, that, that whole season was, you know, 60 games is, is kind of a, you know, you, you almost have to put an asterisk next to it. And I don't want to, I'm sorry. I know you're a Giants fan. You know, I don't want to take anything away from the Dodgers because it is a world series and you know, there was a season that was played, but you know, when the Astros, one of the most unpopular teams in all of pro sports for obvious reasons right now, go 31 and 29 or one game away from making it into the world series with a record. That's one game better than 500. You know, that, that to me is, I don't know. It's like, they, they don't seem like they should be in that position, you know? And, and when you have a, a playoff system that allows a team like that to make it that far, um, you know, something, something seems
1: fundamentally wrong with that. Right. And, and that is something that, Personally, I'm okay with the playing game, and this is just mine. Again, I and I totally understand why you don't. I completely get it because I would hate like the midseason tournament because it's just adding it, and and that that's something else too. I understand all of these sports are businesses, and cash is king because that's the whole point. And you know, the NBA, even I don't think they should be that big, but I don't really care that much because it is a formality, and like usually, it's not a thing where you're like basketball is less of a sport where you can just get on a random run and then start doing well as the eight seed baseball is, is kind of unique in, you know, yeah. because well, of how many games the are playing, you know, with the scoring being low enough, um,
0: you know, that, that gives teams an opportunity to get hot at the right time. But uh, yeah, I mean like what, what you were going, going back to what you were saying about the playing game, like as a, like you're, you are coming at this as a Giants fan and The Giants just won, what was it, 107 games and the Dodgers win 106 games. And it's only because the Dodgers are in the same division as the Giants that they find themselves winning 106 games in this, in this play-in game, when teams that, you know, have are in the 90 win range, you know, win their divisions and they don't have to worry about that, you know, and that, you know, when, when somebody like you speaks about it as a Giants fan talking about the Dodgers, when somebody like, uh, you know, Kamikaze Games, the YouTuber, is making a video last year about you know Kevin Harvick's his second most hated driver in the whole sport, and he's admitting that there's no reason Harvick shouldn't be the champion. You know that that speaks volumes to me because you're going behind, you're you're going beyond, I should say, your uh, your obvious bias there. Like this obviously isn't a team that you support or a driver you support or anything, and yet you can still look past that and see that this system clearly is not. The greatest because there's no reason for them to be in this position because when you look at it objectively they've had one of the best seasons in the entire
1: league or sport or whatever and yet here we are right and and I think part of it too is you know and I mean there are people who just say oh yeah you know, well, whatever Giants got it, so I don't care I mean I think part of that is just literally just growing up and maturing as you start to see through a lot of this stuff you know, where it's like, yeah, I'm a Giants fan, but like, yeah, I hate the Dodgers, but it's like, really, it's like, I just, I like the Giants, it's, that's all it is. It's it's not like this huge, like overwhelming, like, oh my God, no, all reason goes out the window when the Giants are playing. um, But yeah, and it is a thing where, you know, it, it's it's just all in the name of increased entertainment and increased, you know, moments. and And for some of these, you know, a lot of it now is right now with the stick and ball sports, a lot of it is aimed at creating more games that you can sell tickets to because they took a bit of a hit during COVID, which, Oh my God, LeBron will make 140 instead of 160 next year. Woe is me, but, or sorry, that's four years, whatever. He'll make 35 instead of 40 million next year. Oh my God. How will the children eat? But um, you know, it, it kind of goes back to the thing where it's there, there needs to be a, balance where you know american sports american viewers were never going to be the premier league you know it's never going to get to a system where baseball baseball is really the only is well baseball and basketball i guess are the ones that realistically could play you know every team x amount of times and you create a champion based on that or then you have a championship theory so it's just that in in american sports that's just not going to happen but you need to have the not the best of both worlds but just somewhere half where you can kind of meet everything halfway. Where playoffs are going to be a thing and sometimes things are just going to be unfair with playoffs that's just how playoffs work you know but you it's much easier to swallow if it's a team like last year in the super bowl the buccaneers were not the best team in the nfc all year but they were still a good enough team where it was like yeah they they're fine being champion you know it's like who cares they yeah. want the championship it is what it is but it's you know if if baseball permanently expanded the playoffs to 16 teams, it'd be absolutely ridiculous because, you know, the eighth seed that went two games below 500 has no business being invested in all season. And, and again, I understand it's a business and you always, as businesses, you want more ability to generate income and generate profit, but on some level you just have to meet it halfway to keep your viewers invested as well, you know?
0: Yeah, I think the the NHL has the President's Cup or whatever. Um, I think that, and I'm not like again, my Flyers haven't been that great since they made the Stanley Cup final in 2010. But you know, it's it's harder for me to get invested in hockey when they're not doing well. But admittedly, you know, hockey is probably the of the four major sports the one I follow the least. But you know, I think they're the only sport that has like you know, you you don't like the Warriors didn't get anything for they can get a trophy for going 73 and 9. Like you know that correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think your Giants are getting any hardware for 107 wins or whatever. Um, you know, but uh I guess you got NASCAR now with the regular season championship, but you know, you, you want to you want to have your best team or one of your best teams at least win the win the championship and you know, the playoffs you know, are are your system to determine that, you know, but there's the team that gets, I mean, it, it's interesting to think about, you know, team that gets the team that has the best record over the course of a season. You know, there's really, they're objectively the best team, I would argue, you know, based on how long the regular
1: season is, but, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. Right. And, and that's just something that, I mean, you could fix the design. You know, you could make it, I mean, especially in a sport like baseball, you could theoretically make it where there's, is there 30 or 32? I don't remember. Let's say it's 30, 30. Right. Yeah. 30. So you make it, you know, baseball, the season's long enough. Okay. Play everybody five times, you know, and do the premier league thing, play everybody five times, best record wins, or you do like the old World series thing where it's like NLAL, play everybody, play your 15 teams, play everybody 10 times and you go to the world series and that's it. That's two wins. And you could, that'd probably be more fair. Granted it would be more fair, but again, in American sports, you're never going to get back to that because they, they want playoffs. They want, you know, the interest and stuff. It's just, I don't know in a system like this, like it's good that they have the wild card. So like the Dodgers don't just automatically get eliminated from the playoffs because they weren't, they were second in their division. I saw somebody suggest somewhere. And I, I kind of like the idea that it's like, if the, if the wild card team, the first wild card team is 10 plus up on the second place team, they're just a wild card because again, this is just, this is dumb. Yeah. You know, uh, now it is, uh well midnight your time and it's 1-1 bottom of the ninth for the dodgers so uh, oh they're not doing the, the extra innings for what i don't think they are very cool so um yeah but then but
0: see then i get mixed feelings about that because you're, you're changing the rules mid-season and that's something right. that i'm 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 opposed to that in principle i don't care what it is um you know even if it in a in my opinion, I hope it's, I I wish I could say it's objective fact. I guess there are some fans that maybe like it because it shortens the games a little bit. That's the target audience that we're going for, I guess. But, you know, I, I like the change that we're going back to, you know, it's, it's not going to have, we're not going to have the runner on second to start extras, but you've done the entire season this way. Why are you changing it for the playoffs? You know, I remember, do you remember Pocono 2009 when they introduced the double-file restarts? Um,
1: the race? Vaguely. I don't know how <laughs> invested you were back then. but I mean, I was pretty invested, but I was also yeah. seven, so I just didn't – I don't know. I was seven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there was a line, uh, you know, Kyle Petty was in the TNT booth, and he said, like, fans need to understand, like, how big of a change this is. This is like the three-point shot coming to basketball. This is going to change how our sport, you know – Goes forward, And he's absolutely right. You know, restarts are, you know, especially now with stages, you know, some of the most crucial, important parts of the race most weekends. And it's a completely different game. I say game, you know, completely different thing. Now, um, when you, when you go double file, when you don't have the lap cars on the inside to, to mix things up a little bit, um, you know, maybe it gives an advantage to a guy running second or third sometimes, but that change happened in the middle of a, of a season. You know, like imagine, I mean, Kyle brings up the uh, three-point line. Like imagine if the NBA decides, okay, the Warriors are doing too well and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are, are just too good. We're going to take away the three-point line uh, with 30 games left in the season. Like how, how is that going to make any sense? You know, so right. I, I don't as much as I am in favor of getting rid of the extra innings runner on second rule. Um, you know, I don't know how I feel about playing an entire season like that. And then the playoffs, you decide, uh, just kidding, we're not going to do it anymore.
1: Right. And, yeah, that's something I don't really know if there's anything else to build on. that. We've hit a lot of topics in an hour and a half. If, you ta- if you've made it this long or you skipped ahead, if you take anything out of this, know that I'm dumb. I realize that. Yell at me on Twitter about it. Sports are bad, but also good. I think that's kind of a good way to encapsulate everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that, uh,
0: yeah, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm a sports fan. I always will be, but, uh, you know, you can, you can nitpick as, as much as you want, but I think, uh, you know, it is fitting we end on that. Cause I think, you know, NASCAR in particular, but baseball in particular as well, you know, there, there's been a lot of changes in recent years that, you know, despite what we hear about eight out of 10 fans, like liking, liking what they're seeing or whatever, um, you know, I think when you look at the reaction and, and granted, you know, Twitter is not, you know, representative of the entire fan base, obviously. Um, but, and, and that goes for any sport. Um, but I think it, it does give you an idea of, you know, a, a certain demographic and how they feel about it. And I think, you know, Twitter in particular, you know, I think is a social media that tends to be used by younger people, especially when you compare it to Facebook. And, you know, if, if eight out of 10 Twitter users are voting no on Jeff Gluck's poll, you know, for a 550 race, you know, what does that say about the direction that we're headed? If that's where the majority of races are, are going to be, if that's how the majority of races are going to be run next year or with the next gen or whatever the case may be.
1: so Right. And, and maybe that's something just as a little tack on, like maybe, maybe eight out of 10 current fans do like it, but you know, you look at the viewership numbers and they're down, far from what they were 15 years ago so even if 8 of 10 current fans like what they're seeing 8 of 10 fans that were fans 15 years ago did not like what they're seeing
0: yeah well that's yeah that's an excellent point you bring up because you know if ratings if ratings are down 50% or 60% or 70% or whatever the case may be even if I grant to you that well okay Steve 8 out of 10 fans do like you know the 550 package or whatever you've lost 100% of the 60% of existing fans you had that have tuned out now. So eight out of 10 fans like it, but, but at what cost, you know, I, how are you going to bring back the fans that don't like it? That have that have turned it off.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I will reiterate if you're skipping through this wonderful podcast, cause I don't blame you because it's been like almost two hours. I think now. Yeah. Sports I, I are sometimes
0: bad. trim some of the fat, <laughs> So we'll see how, uh, we'll see okay. how long it ends
1: up being, but okay. But yeah, so, I will reiterate and you can cut this or whatever. Once again, sports are bad, but also good. I am dumb. Yell at me on Twitter about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is a good place to end on. So uh,
0: thanks, man, for for joining me. I know it's not too late for you. I should probably uh, let this uh, save after the, the call ends and let the recording do its thing and then probably just go to bed, even though I'm all hyped up on Mountain Dew right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, do you have anything you want to... Any any social media you want to plug or anything like that? Any projects you've got that you're working on?
1: Um, currently, no. I've been very busy recently. Uh, if we somehow can get it set up where I'm here in like six months or a year from now, hopefully. But who knows how busy I'll be then? Um, check out my eBay. I'm selling old diecasts, so please bid on them. Um, <laughs> give me money. Yes. Thank you. By the way, I did get your. Uh, I left. I think I left some
0: feedback and shot you a message. Thank you for the. Michael Waltrip, uh, oh, yeah. car and, uh, the two old Bush cars you threw in there. i i appreciate that. I'm happy to support you and your, uh, little side hustle there. Cause I, I know what that's like. So
1: I <laughs> appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah, that is cool is, you know, having the, having the platform, I will say there's a lot of cool people. I've seen a few people that I recognize from Twitter, um, you know, and, and people that I consider, you know, like, like you, people I consider friends that have bought some stuff to support a little bit. So that, that's really nice. And I, I do appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, uh, follow, or I don't even know if you can follow on eBay. Look at my eBay when I post stuff on there. It is smurphy6948. So, buy some stuff from me. Give me some money. I'm a, I'm a community college student, so it's always much appreciated. Uh, I have an awesome Rex Instagram, but I have not used it in, like, two years. So, don't bother uh, anything. Follow me on all awesome rex on twitter and yell at me there uh and if you're watching this and i don't know hopefully within a year i'll have it changed so if you're watching this a year from now it's probably changed by now and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well i you know it'd be nice to get you back here as well maybe in a year or so you
0: know depending on what you've got going on because yeah i know i like you're you're a tennis player right you know and i think you've got a you know the photography photography thing going for you as well like ethan
1: does you know we didn't well, even- it which disclaimer i have not done i've really never actually done that to the level that he does he actually does that stuff i've still i still have not done that again hopefully that's something that i can actually find a little bit of time to do that's a whole other thing that it's like i mean and again i could talk for hours about that's something else that i'm even weighing it's like do i really want to try to do this when there's like so much free work that you got to do and all that nonsense so who knows where i'll be in a year if you asked me a year ago where I would be, oh my God, it would be so different than where I am right now. So who knows? We'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, one thing, one thing I hope to have accomplished, if like it's a, if it's a year before I'm back here, uh, I hope I have my Twitter name changed as a small goal, and I hope I have that accomplished. Other than that, I have no idea where I'm going to be in a year because if anything last, if anything, COVID has taught me it is that things can change at the tip of a hat, and they may, and they probably will. So, maybe I'll be in the same place, maybe I'll be uh in a different place, but yeah. I hope uh I hope next time I zoom opening up zoom will be out of the ordinary instead of like this call being, you know, the fifth zoom call I've been in today. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, well like I said there's there's a lot that we could have gotten in, gotten into that we we didn't get a chance to. So, you know, right. happy to have you back anytime yeah and, and uh, something you know, that... best yeah absolutely best of luck with uh with college and everything uh i wish your giants well since you know, my, my <laughs> are pathetic i don't have a rooting interest anymore um and yeah you know anytime
1: you've got an open offer if you want to come back and uh we can talk some more absolutely and it was great because I, I think it was the first time we have actually like spoken with our human voices to each other yeah so. yeah that's nice uh yeah, um, uh, Will and
0: I were, make, were making the same point when we hit we had him on a few months ago. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, can get Hunter next week. You know, he was talking about <laughs> he was fired up after Talladega too. He wanted to come <laughs> on here, and uh, you know, he's he's got some stuff going on right now. Uh, he's a little busy this week, but hopefully, we can get him on next week or week after that or something. Because uh, I'm sure I'm sure something stupid is going to happen at the Roval. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I think you can absolutely. pretty much take that to the bank, um, and uh, then we'll fired up again we can have
1: uh much of the same conversation we had tonight so yeah although i will say i hope if i am on again i hope next time we you know because this was a night nice, it was a nice eventing session about nascar granted but i hope next time maybe we can get into a little bit about uh, a little more about us as people because we talk so much about racing it's like you know and i think we know ge- like generally you know stuff about each other but sure. you know get a little bit more into that so yeah, yeah. nice fun. to be able to
0: talk to somebody instead of you
1: know texting through a,
0: through a keyboard on a social media platform. So, right. I appreciate that. And uh,
1: yeah, all the best, my man. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon. For sure. Appreciate it. Have a good night. You too.